welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my good friend, the Beanie Boy himself, Mr. Joe Dorva. What's going on, Joe? What's going on, B. Brandon? Brennan, God damn it! I gotta stop doing that. Only been doing the show for six months. For anybody it might be new to this six sh- months at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anybody new to the show? We're gonna talk some sports. We'll kick it off uh, the same way we do every week with the kickoff. Go over the major topics and all the major sports. We'll get to the quick hits, which will be a couple of questions that Joe and I have for each other. Then we'll head over to the walk off, which will be a short essay portion, followed by the press conference, where we will shamelessly plug all of our stuff. But we will start this week. The same way we do every week. Let's kick it off. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right. First topic. Biggest topic. Biggest topic. NBA. NBA. So we're going to break down a couple of games from this past weekend. Joe, my Celtics. Oh, Jesus. Always conveniently your Celtics. (laughs) Always conveniently yourselves like when they start doing good again. Um, well, this uh, uh, this box score would have looked a lot cooler like three years ago, two years ago. But uh, the Boston Celtics uh, did beat the Golden State Warriors 119-114. This game was played on Saturday. This game was played on Saturday. Um, but I think this is – it's funny. This game was so great. But then you look at it and it's a six seed versus a nine seed. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of takes a little bit of the sting out. Like, eh, Boston probably should have won that game by more. Um, and not been in a highly contested bout. But, I mean, when Steph Curry gives you a 47-point night, yeah. 11 triples, uh, yeah, you're going to be in for a dogfight. Yeah, 11 and 19 uh, from beyond the arc. Uh, he's... Still one of the, I mean, he's the best. He's the best shooter in NBA history. He's one of the best offensive players in the game present day. It just kind of sucks what's happened with Golden State the last couple of years with injuries because I like to, you know, I thought it was pretty cool how even after Durant left, you, you were like, oh, well, they still have Clay. They've got Steph. Like, they're going to be okay. And then Clay goes down and it's like. And then Clay goes down for a second time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's so bizarre too because the team as constructed before Durant got there was awesome. Yeah. And then Durant got there and it's it was kind over of like, the top. why did they need Durant? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he was kind of like almost a luxury at that point, but now between him getting injured in the final, like, you know, a couple of years ago when all that happened, all the injuries. And now just this year, they can't get right. Clay goes down again for another year. And it's like, Steph can't do, he's trying to do it all by himself, but he can't. Yeah, especially because Draymond Green can't score worth a lick. Uh, sorry, Draymond. Um, <laughs> you can do everything else great, but you, you can't score a guy. I'm sorry. You yeah, they like don't have, have any offense. On. Um, I hate his form. <laughs> I hate his form. Um, but he's paid millions of dollars to be in the NBA, so you know what? Good on you, buddy. Um, yeah, on the other side, Jason Tatum went off. Uh, Jalen Brown is not there currently, so he had to carry a lot of the workload. Uh, mm-hmm. Kemba finally making an appearance, finally out of witness protection. Good <laughs> to see him. Uh, also, the Celtics had a big, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a buyout, but Jabari Parker, former second pick overall for the from Duke. He got let go, I want to say like a week ago now, for the Kings, and the Celtics signed him, and he had 11 off the bench, five for six. That's really good fucking minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Celtics, um, because the Celtics all year were uh, 
were playing this game where they were at 500, one game above, one game below, at 500, one game above. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. whole year. And now they've won six straight, um, including that game against the Warriors. Then they have to play the Bulls coming up, which the Bulls might be in all-out tank mode. We'll talk about that a little mm. later. I, um, I had that last week when we talked about you, nine tens. <laughs> you did. You did. Um so we'll see what happens. Warriors uh, look like they're going to be in the play-in game. Looks like that's what's going to happen. For and sure. again, we're going to get to the whole play-in game tanking situation a little bit later. Uh, last thing I wanted to say on this game was um, Tatum, I think like a couple of days before this game, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, if you remember, early this year had COVID. Um, earlier this season, not even this year. Um, and he came out and said that he went from never using any in an, oh boy, he went from never using an inhaler because I guess he may have asthma or something to now yeah. he uses it frequently. So, just because these guys are on the court, some of these people who had COVID is kind of like what we talked about with Cam when he mm-hmm. had it. Like, just because they're back out there playing doesn't mean that they're 100% fit. So, yeah, some long term issues that uh, a lot of players are going to deal with. And it seems like it's going to be a trend moving forward. Yeah. This is why I was concerned a lot for college kids because, I mean, Jason Tatum is already established in the NBA. His career may be shortened, who knows? But some of these college kids going into the pros, whether it be football, basketball, um, those ramifications might completely derail those guys. Yeah, it could inhibit their earning potential long term, just, you know, overall for their entire career. So something they've worked their entire lives for and then they're projected to go, you know, early in the draft or at least get drafted or at least make a team. And now all of a sudden, because they were, you know, not forced to play, but really pushed to play their senior year, their junior redshirt junior year. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, now my entire career is over because everyone out there was trying to make me feel like an asshole because I didn't want to play during COVID. Or maybe he was the flag bearer to play. We'll talk about that later. All right. (laughs) Moving on. We got Heats versus Nets. Another big game from the weekend. Miami burner taking down the mighty Brooklyn Nets. There is a caveat, though. Kevin Durant did leave this game. uh, Extremely early. early. (laughs) Super early. Yeah. Extremely early. And they had no. um, No James Harden again. Yeah. Yeah. What did you take away from this? KD collided with, I guess, uh, Trevor Ariza. His hamstring yeah, thigh injury. Yeah, yeah I was no, say thigh. thigh, thigh, thigh. My bad. Yeah. Um, he already had a hamstring. Yes. Um, yeah. So he something with his thigh took him out precautionarily. Um, Kyrie. <coughs> Sorry. Bless you, man. What is this? Is the second week in a row. Um, I was the sneeze. It was a cough. <clears throat> oh, that sounded like a sneeze. Yeah, no. Um, I try to play it off. Like a sneeze. But um, Kyrie gave you 38 minutes and gave you all that he could. Um, the Heat really shouldn't have been in such a dogfight in this game. That's what I was going to say is nobody <laughs> had over 20 points for the Nets. No, and the 20. No, you missed oh, it. I'm sorry. Larry Shamet off the bench. That's what I was going to say. It, damn it. <laughs> off of the bench, they allowed Larry Jesus, Shamet. I didn't even see that in the box score. Hamburger uh, in the stat sheet. Um, on the other side, you had a really balanced stat sheet. But this game came down to a last-second game-winning shot by your boy, Bam, out of the bayou. Hell uh, yeah. As I affectionately call him since Kendrick Perkin calls him that because he can't say his last name. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, the Heat, they they needed a get-right game. They're still hovering around that 500 mark. Uh, 
Brooklyn is a team that, man, you hope they can get healthy because we want to see their full potential. But like we just said, James didn't play. Now Kevin Durant out again. Potentially, we don't know how long that may be. Kyrie has at least three or four more personal days before the end of the season. I don't think he'll do it in the playoffs, unlike Brennan. Um, I think he will. Don't think he'll do it in the playoffs. But, yeah, no, this is a very, very exciting game. Yeah, and the thing that um, stuck out to me is – and I know Tyler Hero's only in his second year, uh, and he's coming off the bench and everything now, but nine points. Uh, I mean, he didn't take a lot of shots from three. He only took two. He only had two attempts, but his, his field goal percentage is way down. And I think he just needs, like, I think he's going to get better, but, he, you know, he's not soft playing slump, like he was. Baby. Yeah, soft he was not slump. playing like he was last year, especially in the playoffs. And I know that's understandable. I mean, Jamal Murray, RIP. He, you know, at the beginning, mm. at the beginning of this season, he wasn't playing as well as he was in the playoffs. So, I mean, we've seen it with you know these prolific scores. How sometimes, like you said, they'll come back the next year, especially not getting nearly as not, uh, as much rest as they thought yeah. they would. But Tyler Hero, I thought would would be playing better this year. And like we talked about with the trades and the buyouts and everything, I thought, I mean, the Heat won, but like you said, it shouldn't have been such a dogfight. Brooklyn already doesn't have a very good defense and they were missing two of their three best players for most of this game. So well, the it reason just, it may have been a dog fight. And I think we both overlooked this. Uh, I didn't even realize Jimmy didn't play. Yeah, I saw that too. I didn't even realize Jimmy didn't play. No wonder Trevor Reza had 15 points. I was like, why is Trevor Reza going off 35 today? minutes? Yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah. time I was like, why is Trevor Reza having like a good game? This is so foreign in 2021. But we rewind Jim. the time to 10 years ago. What the hell just happened? Wow. Just realized Jimmy didn't play. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's been off and on. He came back for two games and then he was out again. Oh, man. You think I would have noticed that watching the entire game as as diligently as I always do? Uh, just like, why is why is no one getting threatened? I was right like, now? man, oh. where's number twenty two? Where's that weird? Is it a afro? Is it dread? That's a hybrid of a hairstyle. Um, is it laziness? Who knows? Like, sometimes you call it lazy. Sometimes we call it fashion. But um, yeah, no. Shout out to Bam putting up huge <laughs> numbers, having a hell of a day of his own. Kendrick Nunn. Uh, undercover killer on that squad. Um, but yeah, no, with, with uh, Tyler, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I, don't I think he'll bounce back in the playoffs. He's going to be the hero that we all know and love, the hero Ooh, that we need, the hero that we all know and love. Title of the episode. <laughs> speaking of injuries. I already brought it up, but you're yep. Denver Nuggets. Yep, you alluded to it. You alluded yeah. to it. Actually, I thought they would spiral out of control. Come on, man. Think we're going to spiral? Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, this guy's crazy. Joker yeah. is a fantastic player, but it's based MVP. off of. I, he is okay. probably going to, to win the MVP. Oh, no, absolutely. 100%. But but it's based MVP. off of that. It, it's based off of that uh, the the uh, the two man system with him and Murray, like that's why that offense has been very prolific the last you know year and a half two years, and then years. when Murray goes out, yeah, yeah, I just didn't think they were going to be able to maintain because the Joker can't do it all by himself, but apparently he can. The Joker can't do it all by himself. If you looked at his advanced numbers, he's having a season the kin of. Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain, basically leading um, the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Yeah, uh, not blocks though for the big guy. He's not a real 
block heavy type of yeah. guy. His oh. fours. <laughs> He'll get it to you while you're still on the ground. He's not going to meet you in the air. That, that's not a part of his game. But, um... No, yeah, Murray going out, devastating, uh, non-contact injury, ACL. You could tell immediately if you've seen enough sports, honestly, when a guy just goes down on his own recognizance, it's like, yep, that doesn't look good. That's not going to be a sprain or a tweak. Yeah, when <laughs> um, they just drop like that. Drop like a bag of chips, but um, sack of potatoes, some people say. I say bag of chips, you know, processed potatoes. But, um, yeah, no, uh, we, we have... Good uh, backcourt depth, not excellent. Definitely not to the level that Murray was playing at at the time he got hurt. Um, but the thing is, we played a lot with him hurt this season. Uh, he's missed a couple games already. He had that game he played. He was like just a game or two removed from missing like another three, four games. So um, I think this definitely hurts our uh, championship potential. I thought um, they had a real shot to come out of the West. I this thought year, we had a, once we got Aaron Gordon and we started rolling the way we were rolling. Yeah. Uh, I thought we had a real shot, especially with the Lakers. You know, um, weaken in a weakened state. Um, but yeah, no. Unless Michael Porter ascends to another level, that's another reason why I think we'll be able to maintain because Michael Porter has stepped up his game from year his effective year one to year two. Um, but yeah, no. If uh, unless he goes. Bananas in the playoffs. I can definitely. I'm I, no better than a second round exit, which is sad to say after what that team put on last year and what they were yeah. getting rolling after Aaron Gordon got there. Yeah, especially after last year. <laughs> um, and I really think, like we were talking about, <clears throat> I think the the MVP is Joker's now. Um, Embiid is back and he's playing out of his mind, but he uh, at most will only have 75% of games played this season. And the lowest number uh, in recent history was AI when he won the MVP. And that was at 85% of games played. And that's one of the lowest numbers since. So I think Embiid is just going to be out because of the game situation. So this is going to be Joker's Joker's to lose. I think Embiid is a better two-way player, but I think what um, Nicole is is Nicole is able to do for that team and run the entire offense and everything. He's just the heart of that team. Um, team leader in steals, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. Side, that's the other side. Of the, that's the other side of the court. <laughs> I know, but I just meant you know what I mean from like an athletic guarding uh, standpoint. Wow! Wow! Shots. His nickname is the fire. his fourness. Shots fire. The honey bear, man. All right. The honey boy. Get it right. Honey boy. All right. My bad. So speaking of. I just learned that one myself. I know. That was thanks to my cousin. Huge shout out, Tom Joyce. Uh, Speaking of teams that might be out of it. uh, It's on his basketball reference as well. So Is it? Yeah. Other nicknames? That's so cool that they have the nicknames thing on there. Um, speaking of teams that might be out because of injuries or just maybe their roster isn't as good, you th- you forget about certain injuries like Markel Fultz happened at the beginning of the year, but obviously my magic are out of yeah. it. Let's talk about this whole uh, playing game. First of all, do, are you a fan of the playing game? Um, I like the way it's constructed. I, now, I'm confused. Are they doing that? You, We both should have the answer to that, but are they doing this going forward or is it just this season? I believe it's going forward. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought they um, were just implementing it this season because it was a shortened season. It might be like know. an MLB thing where they had like, they like tried it out and then they, and then they make just the decision like, after. Okay. 
right. I gotta, so, we got to double check that. Listeners already know the answer because they probably are yeah. Googling it now because they're very diligent to let us know what we're right and wrong about. Um, so I just assumed it yeah. was going to be 7, 10, 8, 9 as far as the play-in games, but I that's not that, how it but works. Yeah, I was say that's not how it's going to be. It's, so it's 7 versus 8, and then the loser will play the winner of 9 versus 10. So whoever wins the 7-8 matchup is definitely in the playoffs, and then whoever loses has to go face the winner of the 9-10 matchup. But oh, with wow. the play-in game, I think this is interesting. So GMs and coaches and everybody want to be able, and owners to their fans want to be able to say, we made the playoffs. Yeah. So even if you're going to be a first-round exit, you want to say you made the playoffs, which is a huge deal. So I, I really think this has curbed a lot of the tanking that normally happens in the NBA. Um, do you agree or disagree with that? Um, yeah, because we have more teams in it now. Look, we've been talking shit about how bad the Wizards look all season, but they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they're only one game out. They're actually no games out of it, but they're just, they're all just tied. Or they're yeah, everyone's kind of percentage. floating around at that 10 spot. Yeah. Yeah. So a team we've been, we've been saying Scott Brooks was going to get fired and they still are hanging around. Um, yeah. The Kings, the Pels on the West side, those teams are still hanging around, so it the keeps Spurs, more teams, which they have no Spurs. reason to be hanging around, should be tanking or hanging around. Hey, Pop's never gonna lose willingly. I know, right? I know he won't. Uh, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta put a. You could put Pop in a cage with a bear and some meat attached to him, and he's gonna make it out of there. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, I think in the past we would have twelve to fourteen teams ta- uh, teams tanking right Tams, now. Tim tank. Times but right river. now it's about Got it's only like on it's <laughs> only six to eight at this point because of that playing game because teams have the opportunity to sell tickets and tell their fan base hey we made the playoffs last year yeah and also uh, some of these teams who are in that window um, are some of the younger teams and they want their players to develop so it's, they have quote unquote the piece that they think that can take them to the next level they just need more experience so with the Pels you got Zion you got Brandon Ingram who's never sniffed the playoffs so yeah exactly if you get them into that 9 10 spot get them in a playoff atmosphere that big game experience next year yeah. you know they can make another step knowing what you know the playoffs and what they need to do uh De'Aaron Fox uh you talk about the Spurs but the Spurs got a bunch of young guys that are nameless and faceless one of them Lonnie Walker uh the fourth only reason I know that is because he went to the University of Miami shut up um but yeah, uh, you would think the Bulls, the Bulls would make a better push, but the Bulls, I think, lost like before winning the game the other day, they lost like five of the last 10 or something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I had that uh, the Raptors will usurp them. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I think this is good to have less team taking. The only teams we're thinking about taking are literally the last three teams in each side where usually it's like the last five to six teams on each yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think the playing game, if nothing else, I mean, I know Cuban had his quote about the minutes and everything ah, like that. Shut up. Which is so weird because the owners all voted unanimously for the playing game. And now that he finds himself in a situation where he's not the three or four seed, but he's the, you know, no, seven, eight, nine Luca seed. Luca said he didn't like it. So now he has to go out and back Luca publicly. Yeah, Shut but up. I just think it's a thing. If you don't that, want to you play know, in the playing game, play the games and win, win more the games. games. Yeah, win more games. That's all it comes down to. You let the Blazers usurp you. The Blazers had like 18 injuries this season and they're in a higher seed than you. Get it I know, together. I can't believe that. Get together, Dallas. Well, speaking of tanking, Carlisle. Speaking of tanking for draft picks, we're going to move on to the NFL. 
dun 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 we're gonna get sued for that and it's gonna be hilarious eventually eventually <laughs> but it'll be awesome once we're big enough too so the uh, something we wanted to talk about uh lawrence trevor lawrence who's projected as the number one overall pick yes. is that a good decision bad decision we don't know i'll talk about it more great in my decision. walk-off great decision. talk about it more in my walk-off great decision. but who would you want who that, else would you yo, want yo hey now you're on. that's a teaser baby that's a teaser edge of your seat um, but there has been issues now being brought up of Trevor Lawrence's motivation. Issues, it's, uh, the, it's a loaded term. Okay. There have been questions yes. about his motivation okay. Thank you. Uh, to play football. Um, now, I know what I think about this. And Joe, you and I normally line up on stuff like this. But I wanted to get your opinion on the issue. So, yes. Uh, in an SI article, Lawrence said, basically... He said a bunch of things, but more or less, he said he doesn't feel motivated to football doesn't motivate him. And you know what? I love it. Big fan of it. I was about to say, if you're uh, I don't I, look, would it help him be a better player? Probably not. Uh, to be the best, you got to be singly focused on one objective, and that is to be the best. Michael Jordan is a fucking maniac. Tom Brady, as we all can see, is a maniac. Um, but he's one of these younger kids, man. This kid's younger than me, and I consider myself a kid at times. So it's like, yeah, that obsessive nature, you, there's, there's success without being obsessive. So, Yeah, I completely agree. We've seen it... Um this is a big issue for Miles Garrett as well when he came out uh, and we saw it with him and he's, you know, always in the running for defensive player of the year the last couple of seasons. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald, he probably would have won it last year. Um, so we've seen this before. This this new generation of players are not the obsessive. I, I shouldn't speak for all of them, but for the most part, it seems like they have other things in their life because they're, you know, insistent on working on their mental health there. And, you know, they, they try to be better as people, not just players, which is very um, inspirational in a lot of ways. And um, we've seen this before in the past, not just using Miles Garrett as the recency bias, but Ricky Williams yeah. played out of his mind. And, you know, there are people who said that people he say never, he was out of his mind. Well, and then <laughs> there are people who said, you know, Skip Bayless was quoted as saying he never liked football. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, I remember in one interview, he, you know, he just asked the question, you know, when is it OK for me to not want to play football anymore? And so he still, you know, won a Heisman, still broke all these records, still was a fantastic player in the NFL. So it's like you Probably don't the have last great Dolphins running back. Yeah. And he <laughs> he dude, his when you think Dolphins, you know, football in recent memory, yeah. Ricky Williams is one of the first people you think of. So he is the first person. you think of. Yeah. So you don't need to have this crazy psycho Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant kind of mentality when it comes to sports to be very good. I think you need that to be one of the greatest of all time. But again, that's not what, especially with people being more aware of mental health and things like that. That's not what some of these guys are looking for. Yeah. So I don't hold it against him at all. I think he could still be a very good player if he's not obsessed with constantly being the best. I don't think, He's going to be the generational talent that people talk about, but I still think he could be a very good quarterback in the NFL. And I think he could be still be a generational talent. Um, Andrew Luck, before getting to the NFL, yep. people talked about, oh, is he really in it? Da, 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 because he was a trig major at Stanford. Like he was a smart guy. And 
I think if not for the dereliction of duty by the Colts and their offensive line and him having a a punctured spleen at some point, I think it was, or yep. a lacerated kidney it was, yes. Uh, I think yes, he'd still be... Chris Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, I think he'd still be in the league. So, no, these guys can be multifaceted. I mean, LeBron James, we talk about his singularity. Uh, his singular focus is Space Jam coming out. This man's produced many TV shows. He uh, has a shadow agency, te- technically. People <laughs> like to say um, disparagingly to Rich Paul. Shout out to Rich Paul. Sign me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the lack the, the motivation narrative is tired at this point. Uh, people talk about Aaron Rodgers being too smart for his own good and whatnot. And he's a Super Bowl champion, MVP and it's 30 in at 37 years of age. So, and uh, that's not his, that's not his only MVP either. No, it's not his only MVP. And you know what? He should probably do jeopardy as well. Boom. I said it. He said it. You heard it here first. Well, speaking of this new generation of players, Joe, do you think these Zoom workouts are going to be the new normal? I think so. So I think last week we I read um, it was the Bucks and two other teams. Players weren't going to report for OTAs. Like, no, screw it. Last year we didn't show up for OTAs. We won the Super Bowl, being the Bucks, And it's like, why show up, break our bodies down when we don't need to leave Come back, break our bodies down again. Like we can be way fresher um, and more comfortable, especially because COVID's not gone. So it's like we want all these guys to travel to one location and bring all their shit to one place. Like it's that travel. That's the that's the key word there. So yeah. So uh, a couple days after those three teams announced it, I think like four to six other teams also said. Yeah, we're not going to show up for OTAs. Um, And, I mean, if we go back, Brett Favre would seemingly always retire so he couldn't go to OTAs. Yeah. And then he'd come back right afterwards. Um, I think the rookie summer sessions make sense, but bringing all these vets back just for two weeks to stretch and lift some weights is stupid, and it's – juvenile and it's remedial and yeah and i think it's one of those things too where it's like you're a professional athlete like you need to take care of yourself and most of these guys do um i still get a kick out of what rob did uh last year gronkowski oh that was great (laughs) where he he was like in that mindset he's like all right i'm gonna run sprints so he just ran like uh all of them and then just changed his shirt every couple of sprints so then every day he would he would send in like he was yeah. doing the sprints because he had a different shirt on. That's so great. That's why he didn't yeah. get a pass like for the first three games. <laughs> he had to play himself back in shape. Now, see, that's the flip side of it. And I know that a lot of GMs and coaches and stuff are control freaks. So they're going to want to be in control of that situation. But I think especially as long as long as COVID is still an issue, this is going to be the new normal, quote unquote. But I, I'm, I'm sure once the vaccines, more vaccines get out there and everything. Coaches are going to be like, no, fuck that. You guys need to be at the facility to do the training. I don't know. Um, Yeah, most likely because they're super control freaks. But I think, um, look at the Bucks, man. The Bucks are... No, I know. The Bucks. And Arians is a player's coach, so he's definitely the kind of guy to do that. more player's coaches and guys that, you know, want to... You're going to... Also, I think it'll... um, 
factor yourself into free agency. Do I want to go to the team where yeah. they want me to come to um, take a shot at you, but um, for no reason. Do I want to go to Jacksonville in fucking 98 degree heat in the yeah, middle of 110% June, humidity? Yeah. Uh, or do I want to go to LA where McVeigh is going to allow me to stay home and do this and just submit a tape? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know, especially when it comes to uh, maybe when it comes to OTAs and things like that, but especially when it comes to scouting, I know the zoom thing doesn't really work. I actually have it on mm. very good authority that uh, even very during the height of the pandemic, when uh, teams weren't allowed to be, you know, traveling to yeah. see players, there were still scouts traveling to see players. Obviously. Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I heard that firsthand from someone I really trust in a certain organization. I will not say which. Uh, moving on. She, he's us. Brennan, don't reveal your sources. Never, never, never. Speaking of workouts, Woo. the animal, the monster. The workout the, warrior. The workout warrior hasn't really panned out in the pros, but he's been not injured true. a lot. You think Jadavian Clowney is who we're talking about to the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a massive signing just because he does have Miles Garrett on the other side. That's yes. already a very stout defense. I think it's he's going to be a very stout defense. Good defensive line, not a good defense. Yeah, okay, excuse me. A very stout defensive line. I think he's going to uh, play out of his mind now that he's not going to be getting double teamed at all Yeah, uh, because Miles is going to get doubled and tripled. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think this is a great signing for the Browns, and I think this could really uh, – Change the uh, narrative on uh, J uh, Jadavian Clowney's legacy after the hit that we saw against Michigan in college and, you know, sitting out the last couple of games. That feels like uh, 30 years ago. Doesn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, he was he was a man amongst boys and everyone, you know, yeah. thought he was that was going to translate. And it hasn't translated as much as we thought it would in the NFL. Um, he hasn't had the spectacular he's been highlight hurt a lot plays. too. Yeah, he his first couple of years were marred by injury. Um, it, he hasn't translated in terms of spectacular highlight plays. Um, he was never a sack machine in college. Yeah, even that play was a run play. Mm -hmm. um, he's been elite as a run stopper, though. Um, he's his his uh, def defensive win share rate. Whatever that is. Basically, he can get behind the offensive line if he's single covered, but he's one of the most double covered guys out there. So, yeah. like you said, having being opposite of Miles Garrett on the line will free up a lot of opportunity for him. Maybe we see his highest sack total this year. Who knows? Um, if anything, they are going to be great at run defense and they will stop everybody and force teams to become one dimensional, which is one thing that he's good at. That's one of those things that don't end up in the stat sheet. He's been yeah. able to plug the gaps. It's like I'm learning these words for the first time again. He's able to plug the gaps and then teams basically have to resort to plan B. Um, so, yeah, that's changing a game without getting the numbers. He's not getting the sacks, but he's forcing a team to become one dimensional. Um, yeah, and that's something that you don't see. Um, like you said, on the stat sheet, it's all about like a lot of times people go off sacks but it's not even sacks. It's pressures. It's how yeah. many people are you taking on the on on the offensive line? Exactly. You know, if you're getting double and triple team, that allows your linebackers to free roam. That allows everyone else to play better. Uh, so he's definitely JJ Watt was getting those sack totals just because he was JJ Watt. Yeah, exactly. So no, it's he was like getting how we them talked about with uh, TJ Watt. Yeah, Bud Dupree ain't on that line. 
Yeah. It's going to be a whole lot different. (laughs) Yeah. Your stat sheet looks a lot different. So, but just what I meant um, earlier, and you made a good point, a good counterpoint. So I appreciate that. But what I meant was just, we thought Jadavian Clowney was going to be like a Reggie No, we thought he was going to be a world beater. (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. So what I mean is he hasn't played up to that, but he, like you said, he's, he stopped He's volatile against the run. And, you know, it's not about, it's not the pretty it's number. It's not about sacks. Yeah. It's about, you know, if you're getting double and triple teamed, you're allowing everyone else around you to play better. Yeah, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame uh, because he doesn't have the pretty stat. But a team is going to – there's a reason keep, teams keep bringing him in because yep, exactly. he does one thing really – he does a thing really well. Yeah, he's um, elite at that one – at that particular at that particular skill set. Stopping the run, he is very elite. Yeah. Moving on, speaking of elite – Speaking of my, elite, my Tampa Bay Lightning taking on your Florida Panthers, the team of the state, the true team of the state. Get out of here. Sorry, we don't have any World Cups, though. World Cups, Stanley Cups. World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's usually a world title. A world Series popped in my head. Sorry, Lord Stanley. Oh, man. So what did you think? What did you take away from this? Uh, two game series. You guys won the first one. We won the second one. Um, yeah. We've now vaulted you guys in the standings again. We are two. You are third. Um, I'm only going to look at the second game because that's the game with one. Shout out to Poprowski. Uh He had a good game. Um, no, it's just exciting. Um, like, you know, I, I'm not the most di- uh, diverse. Yeah. Not the most diverse in uh, my hockey standings hockey standings my hockey vernacular but it's good to see my team do well shout out to frank shout out to duke claire who got the mp netter at the end of the game um to make it a five point win um who was in the net for you guys was it your number one uh and you're talking about in the second game yeah in the second game. i only care about the second game i don't care about the game oh, we see, lost. yeah i was looking at uh, give me a second <laughs> we both were talking i was looking i was yeah i was looking at the game we won <laughs> Um, in the second game, it was, uh, yeah, it was Vassy. Okay. Yeah, we both had our ones out there. Um, so, yeah, Brennan, uh, how do you how do you feel about this split? We've been neck and neck this entire year. We've been one for one pretty much all year. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I uh, was looking at the uh, stats for the, uh, the first game, the game that we won 3-2. But I think this is... If this shows us anything, neither of these games was really a blowout. Like you said, it was 4-3 and then the empty netter in the second game. Um, this is going to make for a very interesting uh, playoff situation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are, you know, we're three or two. These are two of the best teams in the NHL right now um, as far as uh, points um, in the standings. So I, I really think this is going to be a fucking hell of a dogfight when it comes to uh, the playoffs. So... I'm interested to see where that ends up. Um, but I, th- I think the Tampa Bay Lightning just have more talent overall. <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah. Subtle, so. subtle shot there. Um, but like I said earlier this season, it, when the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Panthers play, it's pretty much first person to three wins. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because <laughs> there's going to be at least six to seven goals total. Um, shout out to the Hooper dude for getting that third goal in the first period of the second game. And then you guys are pretty much playing catch up from there. Yeah, um, which is never good. Never good. Uh, so, yeah, 
No. Um, well, speaking of playing catch up. Ooh. What a that's a that's a professional segue there, folks. The Canucks <laughs> back on the ice, winning their first game after being out since March 24th due to COVID protocols. Ooh. What are you thinking, Joe? Do you think that the the Vancouver team is going to need to play catch up with a lot of these games? Yes, or, um, I okay. believe they have they have the most games to play. Uh, I think it's nineteen and twenty three days. Um, was it when on Friday? I believe. Um, so yeah, and I think hockey wants to get them to play all the games. Yeah, because unlike in the baseball season last year, where a couple teams didn't. Uh, finish out the full duration of the season. They could go off percentages. Hockey does not go off percentages. It goes off. No, points. they need it for standings. They need, yeah, exactly. They so, yeah. need them to play all the games. They and it's not only for their sake. It's for the other teams around them. Well, it's more sake. for the other teams around their sake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know more. Jeez, it's harsh. Well, um, I mean, the Canucks <laughs> are making the playoffs this year. I mean, hey. hey. We've seen Cinderella runs before. They could go on a Cinderella run. They're only That's 10 true, points out of the last Canadian spot. Oh, sorry. The North spot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, God, if they came back and ended up making the playoffs. That would be insane, right? That would be a be great insane. story. Um, and in that win, they took down the number one team in the North, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in OT. So, a good little good feel-good story there as those guys make their way back. Um, they're going to be using a lot of minor league players, a lot of rotating of the lineup, because again, they have to play. They're hoping to play nineteen, you know, now eighteen games in like twenty two, twenty one days, which is going to be phonetic. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. You think they can pull it off? You think they can make playoffs? No, I don't think they can make the playoffs. But speaking of the playoffs, we have about two. I did that. Other than um, other than the Canucks, we do have about 10 to 14 games left, depending on the team, before the playoffs for the NHL. Joe, with this new playoff situation where everyone's going to kind of stay in their bubble until, what is it, the, the finals or the semifinals? Semis. Semis? Okay, yeah. So uh, what are you thinking? Because you already know where I'm at. I think Tampa Bay is going to take the whole goddamn thing again. All right. Where where are you at as far as now the first round matchup, which is going to be the Florida Panthers? Oh, all right. So where are you at as far as as far as um, the different divisions and how they're doing it this year? What do you what are you thinking for the playoffs for the NHL? Yeah, so I figured we should probably open it up now that we're getting closer to the end of the season. Uh, we've only pretty much talked about the Central, the Discover Central, um, and the West. I don't know why we would have talked about the West. Um, but yeah, so in the east, in the east, the Caps are leading. The Islanders are back up there. The Penguins, uh, shout out to Anderson Cowan, are up there. And the Bruins are up there. The Flyers are Kyle's beloved Flyers have fallen out of grace. Uh, Buffalo Sabres are the first team eliminated completely. Uh, in the north, again, we have, for those that are not paying attention, the Maple Leafs are number one, the Jets. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers and then the Canadians. Uh, and in the West, a team named the Avalanche are currently number one. Um, they're going to lose that to the Golden Knights. Yeah, they're so. going to lose that to the Golden Knights, obviously. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are not in the playoffs, which is a little shocking to see because they've been perennial playoff team the last couple of years. Yeah, they've been um, real big in making playoff runs. 
But yeah, oh, I, I didn't even say anything about the Central. The Hurricanes up top, Panthers, Lightning, Predators, Chicago, currently on the outside looking in last year. Uh, Stanley Cup losers, Dallas Stars, are still hanging around in the Central. I think, uh, like I said, Panthers are going to win it all. Boom. Boom. There we go. The NHL playoff picture. Now, time for some quick hits. You'd be surprised how quick. And- quick, Mayman hits. Quick hits. All right, Joe, here we go. Quick hits. Let's do it. Quick. Fast. Here we go. First question. Hall of Fame case. LaMarcus Aldridge. Go. You said quick, huh? Lamarck, L.A. L.A. No, he's not a Hall of Fame. Name okay. said. Even in the and even the basketball I know, Hall of Fame that's that everyone the thing. gets into. I was like, everybody kind of gets in, but no finals appearances. I don't even think he has a Western Conference appearance. Um, great player. Uh, like Damian Lola said, he should have his jersey retired for the Portland Trailblazers. Um but yeah, when once he left and went to San Antonio, really did nothing of note. Yep. Um, yeah, his best years were all in Portland, and yeah, after that, he was kind of a afterthought once he left there. So yeah, I'm gonna go hard no. How do you how do you feel? I completely agree with you, and that's actually the case that I was gonna make was the the postseason kind of uh, snafus when mm-hmm. he was in Portland. Um, next one. Another retiring, different sport. Julian Edelman. Uh, I'm going to keep this quick for the quick hits. No. Julian Edelman <laughs> is a fantastic player. He's a very good player. Um, not transcendent. Uh, not a, uh, uh, he's a game changer, but not a uh, team changer, not a franchise changer. We saw them do it with Wes Welker. Uh, they'll do it moving forward with, you know, uh, Hogan, the guy who played fucking lacrosse. Hogan? Like, Oh, Chris Hogan. I was like, yeah. Hogan? <laughs> so, um I think Julian Edelman is a fantastic player. I do not think he's a Hall of Fame candidate for the NFL because the NFL is also much harder to get into the Hall of Fame than it is in a lot of the other sports. So I'm, I'm going to go no on that. Where are you at? Well, you went, you said you're going to do a quick hit that you gave us like 18 minutes on how Julian Edelman is not going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, yes, the NFL Hall of Fame is significantly harder. <laughs> the NFL. Coming from Mr. Wax Poetic over there. <laughs> I like to wax. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame is significantly harder, especially for any wide receiver. Story Holt is not in, so I don't think Julie Edelman is going to find his way in. Heinz Ward is not in. I don't think Julie Edelman is going to find his way in. Um, the glaring number to me, I mean, you can look at all the receiving, the yards, and all that. The glaring number to me is zero Pro Bowls. If you're yep. not even a pro bowler in the league, there's no way. Ain't no way you get into the Hall of Fame, my guy. We're not talking I'm all pro. We're sharp. talking pro bowl where the fans vote. So, like, like there's no way. Come on, guy. Um, and you got the whole Boston behind you. You couldn't get voted in. Crazy. Uh, and all the white people in America. Um, but yeah, uh, great player, good guy. Um, I like this second act of his career where he's kind of a. Uh, Converted uh, to Judaism and is now trying to whoa, converted. Uh, he's always Jewish. <laughs> he was always Jewish. We just didn't know it because it never came up. It's not like being black where it comes up every press conference and they <laughs> ask you about every death, uh, but they don't ask you about any of the white guys. No, but um, yeah, where he's the the olive branch to uh, educate some of these guys on, you know, their 
their uh, pratfalls and misgivings about the Jewish people and the Jewish faith. Um, no, I really like that uh, him as the elder statement statesman because um, he does it really well. Um, he's very compassionate and forgiving and w- the first person out there to you know, tell the guy like, Hey, you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. And let me educate you. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Julian, not a hall of famer though. Yeah. You come on the show and debate us about you being a hall of famer if you want. Yeah, for sure. Come on (laughs) in, man. Um, all right. WNBA. WNBA. Quick hits. This is all yours. This is all yours. You don't have to say it that emphatically, bro. Um, as I alluded to last week in my walk off, the WNBA draft took place on Thursday. Charlie Collier was the number one pick forward out of Texas. Uh, she went to the Dallas Wings. The Wings in a very funny conundrum, Brennan. The Dallas Wings had three of the top five picks. That's insane. That's that's some video game shit that I've pulled many a times. They've made the right trades, banked on teams, ending up in very bad spots. Uh, they got the number one pick from the New York Liberty. They got the number five pick from the Washington Mystics. Um, they own the second pick. Uh, big news. Big news for your boy. Brendan, do you remember who I did my walk-off on last week? Uh, Aria. It's Ari. Ari. Um, I said Ari last week, and then when in her draft background, she had the correct pronunciation. So Reynolds is it Reynolds? What's McDonald's. the last name? McDonald's. Hey, did you I, listen to I who does the, a pod lately? Because we've been talking get, about the Reynolds pamphlet. Maybe that's what I got the first name there. right. Kind um, of. You didn't get it right. Uh, Ari McDonald. Brent, you want to know where she's that's going? That's what I said. Ari McDonald. <laughs> you want to know where she's going? Where? She's going to the Atlanta Dream, Brennan. Now of I get to watch Ari McDonald live and in person with Kennedy Carter in a great backcourt. That's going to be fun, fun times. Um, yeah, last thing I want to say on this, uh, don't ever read a mock draft for the WNBA because like people they had going <laughs> third in the draft ended up going like in the second round. Like, oh boy. Um, so yeah, no, great draft. Uh, really cool. Everybody being home and being with their families. Um, so yeah. Just before we move on to the next one, real quick, want to uh, quote from Julian Edelman in 2012. I'm not completely Jewish, if you know what I mean. I know people want me to be. My father's Jewish. My mother isn't. I've been asked this before. I guess you could say I'm kind of Jewish, but not really. So what I meant was how he's fully embraced that side of his life. Well, so I not think technically I think converted, not, not to get in a Jewish conversation, but I think that is it's the mother. If that's yeah, what I, say, I think that's yeah. I think that's not a him thing. I think that's the the religion's yeah, so, thing. And from what it's been explained to me from some of my exes that were Jewish is that if your mother is Jewish, then you are the children are Jewish. It goes yeah. based off of the mother. So since his mother is not, I think that's why he's getting his uh, bar mitzvah a little later in life. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Jake Paul, Ben Askren. going to be banned. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you was are. It wasn't right. hate speech. We just um, or Julian will come on and educate us. Yeah, there we go. Because everybody needs a little education, and you know, you want me to find a like a Hitler quote or something. To what? <laughs> what did you just say? I was making a reference to what happened out. earlier in the season. With uh... <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, bad joke. I am a comic. Uh, speaking uh, of education, Jake Paul, educating. 
Ben Askren. Uh, I was going to say, do you have any, I know you watch UFC. Do you have any um, recollection of Ben Askren? No. Okay. That's funny because the name was familiar to me, but I was like, why is it familiar? Then I immediately Googled his name and then I immediately saw a flying knee from Jorge Masvidal to his face. Uh, He was the person on the receiving end of the fastest UFC bout ever. Um, And then he That's was, why it sounded familiar. Exactly. And then he was on the receiving end of a right from Jake Paul and ended up being his latest victim. Uh, they fought in another thriller match. Jake Paul in a lot of controversy because he's a, apparently a nasty, nasty man. Um, and yeah, Jake Paul went out there and served him up right the same way he kind of served up Nate Robinson. Face to the canvas for Ben Askren. Triller doing the elaborate way too long fight intros and music concerts in the middle of it but it got the internet talking and uh another knockout for another time yeah i'm hoping uh like apparently jake paul can really fight which is i don't know he's not fighting boxers yet he fought nate robinson and he fought a former ufc guy but see that's the thing is ben like i know ben Askren's a fighter and like i wouldn't want to fight him but I don't know, man. I think some of these guys aren't taking it seriously. So That's what I I'm think, saying. They just seen the check. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think if he actually fought someone who not only was a fighter, but was like taking it real serious, I, th- I think it'd be a different story. Yeah, I think it'd go past the first round <laughs> at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's just catching these guys with like, fl- not flailing. I mean, they look clean, but I don't know if it's real yet. I don't know yeah. if he's the real deal. We'll see. He's going to keep on fighting, so we're going to see. Yeah, if he's not in jail for some nasty, nasty things. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> do you want to do the uh, Fulham? I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do okay. anything Fulham related because they are pissing me off. Uh, Heard that. Another late game. Uh, equalizer. We're TK, come on the program. Defend your Fulham. Flow, we're falling further and further into, into the relegation, relegation zone. hell. Um, there you go. That is your soccer update. Here that wasn't the soccer update. The, the soccer update oh, sorry. was go ahead. Uh, there's 12 teams in European soccer that are forming a Super new league. league. Yes, the Super League, Brennan. Now, Brennan, you, you're aware of the Super League, am I right? Yes. Do you, Are you aware of why it is a bad thing? I am not aware of anything other than that there's 12 teams talking about making a Super League. Okay. They're not talking about it. Now, they have been talking about it, but now they're, they be about it. They're, they're going to be about it? They're going to be about it. Um, I was wondering how you were going to fit that yeah, in. Yeah, I was I like, exactly where you were going. Yeah. Um, so, the reason it is bad is because, uh, because now teams, now, um, their parent leagues are thinking of kicking them out because they've been telling them not to do this shit. Um, and they've been threatening for like over 10 years now. Um, so with UEFA, basically there's revenue sharing, all the money you make in for champions league, all the international leagues and stuff like that, it gets kicked down. So everybody gets to eat it's divided equally amongst the teams. Yeah. Exactly. So with these UEFA league, with this super league, people are blaming the new American owners um, for really going forth with this idea because it's going to be more of a, a, a NFL model where only us in the super league are going to benefit from this. So like say Chelsea were to go to the champions league when they go to the champions league, even though they're def- representing themselves, they're also representing 
the Premier League. So the Premier yeah. League gets a portion of that money that they can then disperse amongst everybody. Okay, so if they go to the Super League, then they're, they're going to get kicked out of UEFA, and then they're just going to get the money they're for themselves. They're just taking money for themselves. Oh, this what screws dicks. over TV partners. It screws over other league, other teams in their divisions. So people so are here very on Cheers. We're upset. against this. Yes, we're we are going to be very against this. this. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a sad note to end off it's the gonna be, uh, quick It's going to be great soccer, but we're great against soccer. This. It's going to be great soccer, but we're against this. We're against it. We're Got against it. This. All right. Moving on to the walk-offs. Walk up to the big leagues. All right, Joe, since I am hosting, you will go first. Oh. Unless you'd like me to go first. Time. I forget it. I can it every go time. first. No, I can go. I just forget it every time. All right, I will shut up. For those of you who don't know, the walk off will be a quick essay portion. Shut up. All right. My walk off this week is entitled Ownership. This past week, Dwayne Wade was announced as a minority partner of the Utah Jazz. The kid from Chicago whose mother struggled with drug addiction and made her way out. A student who wasn't eligible to play in his freshman year at Marquette due to grades. He came back and by his junior year, he excelled and committed to the NBA. He became a three-time champion, a finals MVP, and a 13-time All-Star. He's a father who won sole custody of his kids after a divorce. And now, after all of this, he's an NBA part owner. The path was winding, but he made it where only few have. There's only one black majority owner in all of American sports. And that just how happens to be Michael Jordan, who Dwayne Wade idolized growing up in Chicago. Shaq is a part owner of the Kings for the NBA. LeBron is now a part owner of the Red Sox and MLB. And this week we learned of another oddball, some say, part owner. Marshawn Lynch is the part owner of his hometown minor league soccer team. Marshawn Lynch, who the media tried to demonize and excoriate because he didn't want to talk to them. Marshawn Lynch has since made a second life to his second life to his career. Who has made a second life to his career? A second act. That's what I was looking for. He's made a second act to his career. as being a spokesperson for Tostitos and Skittles and Subway. He's now taking all that money and bringing it back to his community, starting many charities. So when we talk about ownership in the face of ownership, it's great to own a team, but it's great to do the work on the ground. And we see that with Dwayne Wade and his lead up to this point, And we see that with Marshawn and what he's done since retiring the first and the second time. So, yes, shout out to those guys. And taking ownership. That was beautiful. I did want to mention Miles Jack, owner of the part owner of the Jacksonville Icemen, our minor league hockey team. Oh wow! Didn't know that. Shouts out. Miles Jack wasn't down. All right. My walk off is called what on the team. (laughs) Dude, he's the captain of the defense. Oh. 
I was like Patrick Mahomes, the co-owner of uh, the Kansas City Sporting KC. Serena Williams, part owner of the, 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 the Miami Dolphins. There we go. We're just now we're just naming people. Yeah, we're All Osaka, right. part owner of uh, Joe, shut up. <laughs> North Carolina Kurt. Time for my walk off. It's called What If. <clears throat> With the NFL draft just a little over a week away, I wanted to dig deeper into a scenario that many would find ludicrous and arbitrary. What if the Jacksonville Jaguars did not select Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick? I came into this thought for a variety of reasons, and I wanted to explore what it might look like. Now, no one would argue that Gardner Minshew was a touted prospect coming out of college, but he has played well in the games he's played while not being injured and is a better passer rating overall in his career than Kyler Murray, who was the number one overall pick in their draft. Their rookie season, Gardner had more touchdowns, fewer interceptions, and more wins than Kyler and was clearly playing on a team just as bad the Arizona Cardinals, seeing as how the next year they earned the number one overall pick. What if Urban Meyer decided to ride out Minshew Mania? Hypothetically, if the Jags were to trade, I don't know, with the Jets, a simple but awfully expensive swap for the New York Jets, they could end up with five picks in the first 35. The Jets desperately want to get a quarterback that they could depend on for years to come. And Trevor Lawrence seems to be that guy. So why wouldn't they trade both their first round and their second round pick for a generational talent. That would give the Jaguars the Jets pick at 2, 23, and 34. They already have the 25th and 33rd pick, all for the number one pick. In total, they would acquire two new picks just for switching from one to two. Then the Jaguars could really build around Gardner Minshew and give him the best weapons on offense, reinforce their offensive line, and add a few key players to the defensive backfield. Take Kyle Pitts at number two, an offensive tackle in this very deep tackle class at 23, fill in a skill position in two DBs at 25, 33, and 34, respectively. Just imagine the long-term benefits of, of investing that much cheap first-round talent into your roster, where your QB is now fully healthy and still on his rookie contract. I know it will never happen, but I know there is a 50% bust rate for first-round quarterbacks. I also... I have also seen Minshew play very well with the team around him and become a proven commodity. I know it will not happen, but what if? Boom. Brendan, I love you. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a 50% bust rate with quarterbacks, right? First round quarterbacks, There's a 100% bust rate. With Gardner Minshew. On you are out of your mind. He played better than you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> press conference. <laughs> press conference. God, you had to sneak that in there. All right. Uh, Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com. You can look at my other uh, podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Huge guest this week, Joe Dorville will hey. be on. That'll come out Wednesday for Patreon, Friday for non-Patreon. Um, and I got upcoming dates all over, especially in Florida. So check out my website, Brennan T Comedy, for all the information. Joe. Hey, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out this show on Twitter and Instagram at Caring Press. Um, you can check out everything on the Anulo Network at Anulo.com. You can check out everything Joe Dorville at JoeDorville.com. Ooh, new website. New website. New website. Uh, there'll be merch available on the on Friday. On Friday, yeah, I'm posting that, right? Um, 
go listen to a new low because I'll be giving out a special listener promo code, coupon code, promo code, coupon. Well, I guess it is promo code. It is a promo um, code. Yeah, I, was, I guess it is a promo code. Um, so yeah, get yourself some merch. I'll be sharing a special one with Brennan right after we get off the air. Um, so yeah, Brennan, take us out. And that's right, why we play producer. the game. Hello. Hello. You shut up. Shut up. Don't mention. He's not in the